0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Well, Larry Hughes is going to pop out and get the ball. Jordan is going to rub his man
1: off of Leitner and then cut down the center and gets a nice pass from Larry Hughes. Give
0: it to me Larry!
2: Give it to me Larry Hughes. Hello, fellow masochists. i mean, Wizards fans—welcome into another Believe in Wizards. I'm Matt Moderno. Got a really good, uh, sort of post-draft lottery show here for you today. We're gonna get into uh, where the Wizards ended up, their history in the lottery. Have they moved up historically? Have they moved back more often? That sort of stuff. And then just get into some of Tommy Shepard's comments for after the lottery about, uh, you know, the kind of guys they're looking for and who's on their board and that sort of thing. And I'm going to tell you who I am pretty confident is number one on Tommy's board in their general range. Obviously, Chet and people like that that aren't realistic for them are at the top of pretty much everybody's board. But uh, who's the top of their board in the kind of guys they could get in in their area in the draft? I, I feel pretty strong about this one. So. Listen to my rationale and explanation why, and, and let me know what you think if I'm off base here, but again, I feel pretty good about this one. So we'll get into all that in a second. I've got John Heiser, AKA Jay Heiser three for anybody that's on the Bolts forever uh, website, message board, any of that good stuff. So uh, we're just going to break it down. We're going to you know get into the guys who are going to be in their general range, who are kind of sleepers that might move up between now and the pre-draft process. And then uh, just kind of a fun one again, because we are a little bit gluttons for punishment as a fan base. What's sort of the modern day equivalent of trading a lottery pick? It was fifth before, but in this case will be 10th for sort of a modern day Mike Miller and Randy Foy. So if the Wizards were going to trade this lottery pick to try to win now and get some air quotes veterans, uh, who, who's kind of the guys that they might look at today? So get into that a little bit. You can never kind of fully roll that out, unfortunately, with this uh, this organization. So yeah, we're just gonna have a little fun with it. So, with that said, just a quick word from our sponsor, Bet Online. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting and sports info needs. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA and NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting in your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEF, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, uh, let's get to my conversation with John. Welcome in, John. Appreciate you joining me here today. We're going to talk a little bit of uh, draft lottery. The Wizards ended up with the 10th pick, which is probably what we should have all expected. I kind of got my hopes up stupidly for a change, which um, I'm going to go back to being a pessimist because it's the same result either way. They had a 66% 66 chance of being 10th, 13% chance of moving up to the top four. 19% chance of moving to 11th. So I guess realistically it could have been worse. How are you feeling after last night's lottery?
1: I was amazed that the lottery still works and that when it came time for that 10th envelope to open, that it still got me (laughs) the heart, the heartbeat got me. I'm like okay okay and and it's it's a strange feeling because you're like all right please call the spurs yeah exactly. please call anyone. we don't want to hear the washington wizards right here yeah. and they do it and you're like yeah yeah I think that sounds right it. yeah that's exactly that's that's where we pick paul pierce in the future you know
2: i uh i had it on in my living room and i literally watched them pull the envelope from like the doorway leading out of the room with like one <laughs> eye on the TV because I just i couldn't look directly at it for some reason. and I, I don't know i was i tweeted this out from the bulls Trevor account, but like I was asking if people were relieved or disappointed and I was both simultaneously somehow. so i I don't even really know how to like explain that as a feeling
1: it could have been a roller coaster if you end up. You know, and cause even it was funny, even, even as we got closer and like, well, maybe three or four, but eh, it's a four. It's a, if you think it's a three player draft then all the wizards, you know, all the fan uh, fan kicking yourselves kicked in at that exact moment. And we're like, well, they're going to deal it if it's four and they're not going to take, you know, so-and-so. So So I think it was just like, just get through, just know what number it is. So we can start planning around the 10th pick in the draft or, or should we, we'll find out.
2: Yeah. it's a very good point. Uh, Just going over a couple post-lottery comments from Tommy Shepard here real quick. He said, I know through all the draft preparation we've done, we're very excited about 15 kids. Uh, At the 10th pick, someone is going to be there that you're really excited to get. I think there are so many versatile players that do multiple things out there on the floor, which obviously that that sentence doesn't even mean anything. There are so many people more capable of doing more (laughs) things out on the floor. I'm really excited about the group of kids coming in. Uh, Let's see what else. There's a diverse bunch of people to look at, and what I'm most excited about us every position that we covered in this draft. There's somebody there that we like. It's basically like a very high level way of saying there is a draft and there are people in it. So thank you for the insight, Tommy. (laughs) I mean that's true. He definitely described the
1: entry draft into the NBA (laughs) by explaining how there are players (laughs) and those players will be good. You just have to make sure you're picking the player. And, and it's we'll we'll get into that too, which is what are they like and what is that, how does that pan out? Um, because you know it's it's an interesting situation for I always think of it from an ownership situation. I don't remember if you if you remember this story about the year after Rodney Stuckey went off mm-hmm. uh for Detroit and like the, the Glenn Taylor, of Minnesota like went into the scouts and was like. I want to see everyone's scouting reports and like, why didn't we know about this guy? And I always wonder if Ted is just like, you know, waiting to do that. Or when you're watching there, when you're sitting watching Herbert Jones in the playoffs going, I need to see the scouting reports from Isaiah Todd (laughs) and I need to ski your Herbert Jones scouting reports.
2: I kind of wish, honestly, if he were holding them a little bit more accountable, maybe we'd be better off or at least making them question their process a little bit. I mean, We could do the pessimism thing here, which I I think I'm particularly well-suited to do and say that Ted only cares about the passports, but, uh, you know, I I don't know. I just, I get that Tommy's like not going to tip his hand, but you give us like at least one sort of real comment in there before you go into the false platitudes. I just, we've got 15 guys, our our, uh, colleague at Bulls Forever Osmond Begg called that on Kevin Broom's podcast that Tommy would immediately say (laughs) You know, there it's eleven guys we like in a ten. You know, lucky we picked ten, so we're gonna get someone we like. He actually said fifteen, so yeah. there's even room to like, which makes me think he's gonna trade down, yeah. fifteenth. So whoever fifteen is, um, he's probably already talked to like Charlotte oh. or somebody. No, if fifteen
1: is Charlotte. It's their second pick. Right. Uh, don't don't see you've already sucked into the idea that he's only gonna move down to fifteen again. We'll tease this for later, but wait till you hear what they had on their board rated when they do trade down and pick even lower than that and say, oh, we had him. I, I, we would have moved back up for him if we could. I can't wait.
2: Which yeah, this, is an this, annual, annual utterance as well. This could get really ugly really fast here if we do this, right? <laughs> which might be a good thing. Uh, just kind of recapping the Wizards lottery luck history so far. So 2020, they, were, they had the ninth best odds. They've picked ninth. In 2019, they had the sixth best odds and dropped down to ninth. So that's kind of a bummer. They still ended up with Rui, who apparently was number one on their board, no matter what. Um, 2016, they were 13th. They ended up 13th, but the pick got traded. 2013th, uh, they were eighth, but moved up to third to Otto Porter, which worked out well for them. 2012, they were second, but fell to third, which I actually think helped them because they would have been very tempted to take Michael Kild- Kid Gilchrist number two, I think, if he had mm-hmm. still been there. So maybe that's their benefit 2011. They uh, were fourth odds wise and ended up picking sixth. I I know um, Ben may, just said that he expects them to, uh, to have taken Jan Vesely no matter what. And he's got some Intel there, but I know for a fact that Tommy went to Lithuania to see Jonas Valanciunas play like a bunch of times Hmm. and Valanciunas went fifth. So maybe you end up with Valanciunas instead of Vesely. I'd say that's a win. Uh, 2010, they moved up from fifth best odds to first 2009, they dropped from second to fifth. And we're going to talk about that, uh, year a little bit later here. That's the 29 draft where they traded the pick for Randy Foy and Mike Miller. And so we'll, we'll get into that. And that pick ultimately became Ricky Rubio, which is fun. And then, uh, 2004, they dropped from third to fifth and traded the pick for Anton Jameson. I'd call that a win. And then realistically, they were kind of on par there until 2001, where they had the third pick. And or the third best odds. And they ended up with the first pick uh, Pau Gasol eventually went third. So that might've also hurt them. I, I don't know. It, it, you could hindsight this to death, I think, but realistically I'd say more times than not, we were probably at least like slightly unlucky. So I don't know uh, just finishing 10th, I guess is, is probably a win overall. Yeah. I
1: think, I think you can definitely say unlucky when it ties back into what the overall tier of those classes are. When, mm-hmm. when your big move you get John or you get Brad, but your big move out is, is Otto. And you're like, okay, well, Otto was the guy we liked at eight.
2: Yeah. We were (laughs) going to get him regardless.
1: Like he was, we were getting him. So it wasn't like there was, you know, it was, you know, that's, that's definitely the tough part. And I just looked quickly looked at 2019. When you, when you referenced it, that would have been Kobe white, which I think we all would have been wringing our hands a little bit over. Um, Kobe white that Jackson Hayes was still on. They may have taken Rui anyway, because we know we're witnessing the, the disregard they have at the guard position. You would have hoped that, that Kobe white staring them. You know, we, we know he's going to take some time, but we're seeing it now. (laughs) And I feel like that's, that's what, that's what I like about late season basketball too, is you're like the, everyone jumping in saying, Oh man, why couldn't we, why couldn't we get a guy <laughs> right. like this? I'm like, but that you only like him now. He's yeah. been in the league for five
2: years, right? He didn't care in November of 2020, no. but yeah, I, exactly. I, I don't think any of those were particularly big misses. You, you know, you could, you could nitpick a little bit here, but none of those were like crazy bad. Uh. All right. So I'm going to just start this off off here with who I think is like sitting number one on Tommy's board of like realistically, gettable guys in their general range. Like I'm not including the guys slated in the top five here that I think everybody, you know, is guaranteeing they'll go top five or top six. So I think like Tommy considers himself like this, like kind of old school GM, you know, it's the red hour back. Like I never really scout people myself, but I've got buddies all over the place and I use my network and my connections, like the way he leaned so heavily on Mark few to do his scouting for him. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to make the case here that Benedict Matherin is number one on Tommy's board. I'm going to tell you why. Okay. His college coach is a guy named Tommy Lloyd for anybody that doesn't follow college basketball. Tommy Lloyd was a 20 year assistant coach for Mark few. That's right. Tommy Shepard's best friend in college basketball, Mark few. So he knows Tommy Lloyd very well. Tommy Lloyd's specialty is international recruiting where he spent the last 20 years going to all these international camps, the global hoop summits, all this stuff. And he and Tommy Shepard are very familiar with each other. He's Canadian. So we know there's some international component there, which is sort of like a lame international choice. So maybe it like waters down people's outrage about taking international prospect. And it's just, I can guarantee you this is a dude that Tommy has seen a bunch of because You know, he has played in different international competitions for years. And we know that the Wizards pay attention to those things. They talked about like Rui's participation in international events being important to them. So they've seen him on a bigger stage than just college basketball as well. So I'm sure they're familiar. He's both a win now player and still has some like upside left to tap into. Tommy said for years that he wants shooters and athletes And Mathurin counts as both of those. And if he kind of works on his, um, ability to create his own shot, then maybe he's even more. So it's like both a safe pick, but also some upside, which is kind of like a Tommy move. I feel like too. So I think he's like their dream pick. He measured six, six in shoes, a six, nine wingspan. He's a really good athlete. He's a pretty darn good shooter. That's my guesstimate as who is like sitting at the top of their board right now. Am I crazy? No, gosh, I was so happy to hear your guest, Mathur, because I knew you were going to have good supporting
1: information, and I was very like, tight and tight, just waiting for the the Nikola unveil because, or something. Yeah. and you checked every box. You know, we've got the international. He's did, did did they or did not play in Hoop Summit? You know, did they or can they be seen in at some point in Treviso, Italy? You know, these are requirements. Uh, so that actually has he makes been on me, a fishing
2: trip with his college coach? Check, yeah. Uh,
1: Canadian, but yeah, our fan base is going to be like, he's Canadian, but you see some of these putback dunks and some of the offensive rebounding things that he can do, which separates him from some of the other wings as well. They're like, oh, okay. He's one of, he's from the, the post Vince Carter Canadian era that has given us uh, a lot of just crazy athletic
2: uh, hoopers. I think he's a guy too. Like we talked about, well, can he play the three? Like 6'6 in shoes is big enough to do that. A 6'9 wingspan is big enough to do that. An 8'10 standing reach or whatever is big enough to do that. So I think those are solid enough measurements to kind of answer those questions. And and he's just a basketball player. You can put him next to all those guys. You know, it's not like we've been particularly uh, shy about throwing out smaller perimeter lineups anyway, so I don't think that that's going to deter them. If he had been 6'4 in shoes, maybe that's a different story, but... Yeah. It just, yeah. he just seems like the guy that they're like, you know, wet dreaming about between now and end of June. Sign me up, sign
1: me up for that dream. I'm taking it. If we can, if we can get there, yep. like, cause like, like you said, there, there so many teams are playing even two point guards are at the same time, or mm-hmm. one is a point one is a combo. What is, you know, it's, it's really, we're diversifying and we're seeing, we're watching it both. And we can talk about defensively when we get it to some of these guys, but even the offensive is like as long the playmaking and the ball movement just have to be out there. You mm-hmm. they don't have to come from that, the one. Although from what we've heard, that's what Tommy wants. That's what West Jr. wants. They want the pass first point guard, which is good because those are more available in the free agency than your 16, 6, 6 guys, or you know, whatever it might be. Um, but yeah, I'm you, you got me excited because Mathurin is is definitely that. Probably he's the guy to get excited about, but then eventually not be there when we pick. Right. Um, he's that's the uh, Okongwu Award for uh, being being safely mocked to us so often.
2: That it but must be no true. Chance. And then right before the draft, you're like, yeah, he's not gonna, he's not gonna get all the way down to us, is he? I've no. seen a lot of Dyson Daniels with that too, which is why yeah. I think like so Daniels measured uh at six, seven and three quarters today, or six, seven and a half uh in shoes, and then at a six ten and a half wingspan. Like somebody will take him eighth or ninth because of that. Like that, that's sort of why I'm thinking he might be the guy that actually leapfrogs up a little bit. And Mathurin's measurements are just okay enough that maybe they don't convince somebody that they've got to like reach a little bit more, but someone on this team like has to cut at some point and not need the ball. Like if you want to run Porzingis out of the high post and make him your poor man's Jokic, if you want Kuzma to play, make, if you want Brad to play, make like one guy that can do something off ball uh, would be nice. So that's kind of why I'm hoping they go that direction and get a talented enough guy who could do that and maybe blossom. And and I'm starting to think that at some point, Tommy's not done well enough here that maybe he has to be a little bit worried about job security. If you can get Ben Matherin, that's at least buys you some goodwill with the fan base. Where like, n- nobody's going to be able to say like four years from now, like, Oh, we hated that. We all hated that pick. Like it just has yeah. been too popular a name amongst fans that it would just like be safe for him from a, uh, You know, am am I going to get written about in the Washington Post again this week for how much people hate what I do? (laughs)
1: Well, and well, but or (laughs) not to curse, uh, but but or it's going to wind up as one of these just didn't over did not play their slot. had guys behind it and it did. I think I think it's fair. And I go in on them probably more on those kind of picks when there's Mm -hmm. when there's a clump of similar players and you see who panned out, who didn't, who got picked up for options, which is interesting because we all had, you know, in the Troy Brown years, like we had, it was immediately, it was Troy, it was Herder, it was DiVincenzo, it was, uh, Walker to San Antonio. Like there was just immediately a bunch of wings went. And then really, I mean, Herter's the only one who's been extended mm-hmm. um, out of all those guys. Although, you know, Dante will see what happens in Sacramento now that he's back healthy. Cause we, we kind of looked at the Middleton uh, hole for Milwaukee, but I thought there was a DiVincenzo Vincenzo all there too. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be, so I like to do though, you know, if it's like, Oh, they picked a big, they, they were kind of focused on that big shooting forward. They were never going to pick Dosumu or they were never going to pick Herbert Jones. Like, that that's its own different criticism but when there's players that are right there um that are all and you pick quote unquote the wrong one uh and i, I mentioned also troy, troy brown because you made me think of it just talking about what uh benedict mathurin does and how it's kind of the inverse of Troy, yeah, like they're about the literal exact height. opposite <laughs> it's it really is just the mirror of you know sort of distributor thinks of himself as a distributor but can't get by anyone and can't get over anyone can't get through anyone can't really shoot but try to become that and then benedict matherin's just like nope i can shoot i can go over you i can get my own um but my passes are wild uh hang on hang on to your butts uh, as they say in jurassic park
2: First of all, that's like the most popular quote in my household, so great grateful. <laughs> uh, I, I think what you just said makes a lot of sense too because I think that actually more closely aligns with what I've heard NBA teams really do from an evaluation standpoint than the traditional, here's our one to 70 guys, big board-wise. Like that may exist in the draft room, but typically they're clustering like players together and then kind of rack and stacking them based on, what they could potentially bring you. So I think this notion of like, Tommy's got one to a hundred slotted out. And if they're 10th, he's going to take whoever's the top name. And that's really best player available. I just don't think that that's really how that works from what I've heard from folks over the years. It's more like you're saying, here are the wings that here are maybe the big creators. Here are the stretch fours, like kind of like positional, not positional, but sort of archetype groupings and then how you like those guys within those bounds. Now, again, you might have a number attached to them too, but I think that's a better way to look at it is to say like, all right, Tari Eason and, you know, Malachi Branham and these other wings that can do a couple things and Dyson Daniels, Like maybe they're all in the same sort of um, stretch of, of our draft um, set up here. All right. So just mention a couple names there, I guess. Who are the other names that you think that Wizards fans like definitely need to know about that are, um, likely on the wizard's radar in that sort of, you know, 10 to 12 to 14 range.
1: I mean, we've already talked about Daniels. I think he makes a lot of sense in kind of the, the, he's the modern pick of this, mm-hmm. the, the new breed of we need six, seven plus mm-hmm. defender, uh, you know, has to work on the cash and shoot, but kind of has everything else. Um, and that's why when we, when we see historical tiebacks I think Troy Brown Jr. Is that historical tie- tieback for Dyson Daniels because of the questionable shooting, but I think Daniels actually has a lot more defense, okay. which was the concern, uh, which is another like foot speed and lateral movement for Troy that we're not concerned with, with Dyson Daniels. So I think he kind of fits. He checks those same boxes is international, but he's got the G league. So he's played in those competitions. Uh, we'll talk a lot about him, but I mean, we've seen, uh, I, but as you said, he could jump up and he's definitely a candidate, I think for Portland, I think he'll be a candidate for new Orleans who essentially traded Lonzo ball and created like helped mold Lonzo ball into that, where he's technically a point guard, but he's really just like setting things up and then finding a spot to spot up and then becoming an excellent spot up shooter. But in the meantime, he can be your point defended defensively and kind of the head of the snake. Defensively, we're seeing that with Marcus Smart, another guy who needed many, 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 many years to get to the point where his shot is the difference in the series like it was Uh, in the Milwaukee series. At least for me, it felt like the the swing to Smart. I'm not a Boston fan, but that felt like a a (laughs) trepidation in the past where I was like, I think he's just very confident now and he's going to step and he kept knocking him down. And you're like, okay, well, that's really hard to beat to the point where... Boston went and got Derek white to be another version of this mm-hmm. so that they had uh more when it came time to, all right, we need to go to the bench. We want to bring more defense off our bench. Um, Daniels and people aren't going to want to hear this, but he also fits in the, maybe can play a little earlier, maybe fits into a rotation minutes alongside Brad alongside Kuz, because he doesn't require, like you mentioned, he, he can do other things. Um, I personally would be more than happy to have Brad just be his attacking self and not feel the need that he needs to probe and figure out and draw a soft double and watch them zone behind it. And so I have those, I still have those nightmares from those moments where you're like, I know he's getting better at this and I know it's tremendous when it works, but it, but does it really work to the height of it's, you don't want that to be option number one. It's if nice he's if he's not you can 30 a night, right? right? If he's yeah. just like, no, I'm going to get 24 and eight. I was like, you know what? So you're going to have to get 34, yeah. <laughs> right? You have to be able to do that. And it'll be interesting to see when he comes back. But so uh, Daniels is, is the one you mentioned. Uh, I think Jeremy Sohan is going to be there and it's going to be, it's that's tempting. the hair puller.
2: God. That's tempting. That, that <laughs> seems like classic wizards. And that's the one right? that I think would make most of the fan base just sort of like audibly sigh. I, by the way, I, I actually think he'll be a good player. Like I, I think there's enough there that he's just like a safe, you know, he'll, he'll be long and rebound and active and play kind of hard and kind of gets how to play, even though sometimes he does look a little lost, but like he moves the ball, Yeah, the shooting's probably going to be an issue, but um, you know, you can throw a six, nine guy out there and maybe he's like the Brandon Clark, type mold for somebody in a couple of years. So I don't think it's like a terrible choice. I just, I don't think we're best suited to, to put his particular skill uh to any reasonable use in the next couple of years. It would feel duplicative of Denny. So mm-hmm. if they, if they are keeping
1: Denny and he's kind of off when it comes time to find a point guard, a veteran point guard, we think it's going to happen through a trade yeah. if, if he's not, if he's not available, you know, it's, it's definitely feels like, wait, didn't we just do this? We're, we're counting on him to be switchable, uh, to do all these things, to rebound uh, his go-to offense right now is pretty much a, a right-hand drive. Um, had didn't see a lot. I liked his aggression, uh, in the tournament, I, when I saw him before that, Baylor's tough because they kind of swing guys in and out. And I'm trying to find Kendall Brown on the floor. I'm trying to find Sohan on the
2: floor. You like where college is just like that, where the ball goes away from him. Uh, it's hard from, though to to justify yeah. the tenth pick on a guy for someone that you can watch play a 40 minute game and not notice he's on the court for 37 of them. And it's like
1: okay, but if right, and this is yeah. where the projections happen. If they think his shot's going to fall if they think it's going to be his his handle has the capacity to do something that's when you start hearing about these guys and i actually uh, when i mock draft i mock sohan to the spurs um because it's like if you can do a little bit more he's bursty he's them, right? he's well yeah and and or it's like what we talked about this this switchable defender that can be out there. He's not a negative on the perimeter, but he can, he can set your screens or he can run the screens. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then suddenly you can do a lot more and he can, you know, defend up and down the lineup. And that way you can plug and play these, the lesser, I would say the lesser switchable Mm -hmm. um, players. So I actually have him uh, not available when the wizards picked Um, because of that, because you can see how it's like, okay, big wing, we're all going there. Um, and we're seeing that the PJ Tuckers of the world, I think that's, uh, again, took a long time for PJ to, to find him. We know, again, tying back history, we know Tommy doesn't mind taking shorter players mm-hmm. that we hope you're not projecting him to like a full-time four, but yeah. a reserve Aaron Gordon-ish four, we hope, you know, that's mm-hmm. that's when we get into the hopes and dreams and fingers crossed.
2: I see Sohan him as more like a four or five in a perfect world and you can't start him as a five, but in like a playoff series and people get small, can he guard somebody else's five? Or, you know, like I mentioned somebody like a Brandon Clark, like he can, you know, he can guard that kind of guy when they go like that kind of situation, or when the Celtics run Grant Williams at the five and go really small, can he do that? And then you just switch everything. Like, I think that's his Probably, you know, most value he provides uh, is is just sort of that positional versatility defensively. But I don't know. It, just to me, if he goes to the Spurs, he ends up being like Sean Marion. If he comes here, he's like Vesely 2.0. And I just, I don't know that we're prepared to take that. <laughs> I made the joke last night about him having Polish citizenship. So like that might appeal yeah. to them for any like leftover Polish hammer T-shirts that they need to sell. Like oh, maybe the new Polish hammer. At, oh, I mean, the man. marketing uh, you know, opportunities are, are endless there. But yeah, let, I, I think there's a reasonable enough shot. He's off the board as well, too, which is another reason why some of these guys that we do like could fall. Um, so any any other names that you're kind of circling as um, particularly of interest uh, for the Wizards? Well, my one of the so I haven't seen the measurements yet,
1: but one of my measure to watch. And the guy that I did mock to the, the wizards was Malachi Branham.
2: Okay. So uh, Branham was six five and a half with shoes, had a six ten wingspan. So it's okay, fine. Okay,
1: so the wingspan did yeah. hold up. Yeah. we had heard that it might be gargantuan. Mm-hmm. So plus there. Uh, that was that was someone that I just kept watching and thinking, like, because because and we we'll, we can even mention this, and because we're gonna talk about trade downs potentially, but Blake Wesley and where he's gonna go out of Notre Dame. Golden Domer, I when I was watching Wesley and, and kind of falling in love for Wesley early on and then watching him struggle and then watching him in the tournament, and you're like, great, this is what all this is what all these kids have to do and to figure out this game and then to change the rules and do it over again. Um, but then I watched Brandon and I was like, OK, wait, all the things that I like about Wesley are things that I like are things that I like about Branham, and Branham actually does it more and more efficiently and shoots better, maybe isn't the same. I didn't see as much finishing from him and kind of that electricity that that bounce that um that Wesley showed in a few different ways, but Branham had way more in the mid-range. So I kind of that that's when I started he kind of started creeping up creeping up. And then, you know, before I could talk myself into, well, I bet, you know, he'd be a nice, he'd be a nice pick for Oklahoma City ball. A great pick for Cleveland. There, uh, giving them what they, what they thought they were going to get um, with some other deals. So Branham is my, the currently mock to Washington. And that's with a couple of guys that I know are very popular, Adrian Griffin and Johnny Davis falling below that. Uh, and I went, I went above just because I think I'm I'm here for primary second primary ball handlers secondary ball handlers potential to be first option second option third option at this pick. I think if you can get one of those guys and why we started with Matherin and why I lean towards Branham is because you're not seeing that that skill on this roster. But I think it's over overall undervalued maybe by the the ball movement of uh, game plan that we've seen over the past year from from Tommy and Wes. So I'm like, we need some more of that. You saw it with the Knicks yeah. last year, with uh, when they had to go with, oh gosh, the point guard. He's not a point guard, and I was manual quickly, and he was just like, oh, wait, that's the your point guard, Alec Burks. Like, oh, no, Burks, he's Burks. a really good secondary ball handler, yeah. and, and you have no one else, right? Uh, so I see I see some Alec
2: Burks there, the good one. Yeah, but like like you said, with with a plus jump shot, I, I think that's Brandon's biggest thing. I I saw somebody on the Bulls Forever board. First of all, that's been a popular name there is is Branham and Blake Wesley, who we can talk about in a second too, but somebody made the assessment that they thought Branham could be like an eventual starting point guard for the Wizards. To me, he's not remotely that player. Um, He's a guy that if he's your third best ball handler on the floor, eventually your third best creator is a tertiary guy. Like you're, you're in pretty good shape and he'll make good reads and he'll throw some clever passes, but. I just don't see him like breaking anybody down off the dribble and like creating, you know, clean looks for Brad or taking the ball in transition and throwing like cross court skip passes to somebody in the corner. Like, you know, it's, he's not going to do John wall things here. Um, So I hope people don't have that in mind, but can he do enough stuff from the wing um, to create for others? Like I, I I'm with you. I think he's, he can do that sort of thing too. And not that the handle can't get better, but there are a lot of times where like he's like almost dribbling behind him because like he's got to keep you know <laughs> one guy on his hip, the ball's kind of behind him because like the handle gets a little sloppy, uh, and then he'll just like rise up for like a seventeen footer over a guy, and you're like, oh, okay, like that, you know. So he takes some tough shots. I, I like him a lot, but I, I don't know. This is another one where like ten would be too early to me. Um, so if, if they are willing to kind of move around a little bit, maybe that makes more sense. I'm in the same boat with Blake Wesley. I see him more as a potential creator for somebody, uh, his measurements when he was six, four and a quarter in shoes with a six, seven wingspan, you know, I saw somebody comp him to like a DeJounte Murray. Like that's kind of where I'm, I'm leaning from like a physical profile, but I like his ability to attack and create. I see him more as somebody who could get by somebody. And kick out to an open player and, and that sort of thing. So his skill set actually maybe makes a little bit more sense to me than than um, Branham's at the moment. I also think Wesley is probably a better defender from day one than Branham is, which would be nice to see a little tiny bit of perimeter defense at some point in our lifetime. So that's kind of where I'm at with, with with both of those two guys. If we ended up at 16 or something, I'm like, okay, cool. Those are the names near the top of my board, I think.
1: Yeah. And it's definitely a question of, do you just take, you know, and that's, that's me saying, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put together a fantastic trade down right right. right after the lottery's finished, but I will just take the guy, just take the guy. Um, I can see there's having, there's other highly rated players that I could see them taking there. Um, Absolutely right about Branham's defense. It's like everything you like about Daniel's kind of flips and you're like, Oh gosh, if you could just play defense, then we'd be, oh, 10 is, 10 is fine. I totally agree about in terms of just running with the ball. You're like, yeah, it's, that is something that a third, fourth, fifth year player, second contract wing does look much more comfortable with the ball, but then you also see moments where even fantastic players, uh, Jalen Brown last night Mm -hmm. is just like, stop, (laughs) slow down, get it to something. You don't need to be, yeah. You're not the reset. You're not the under pressure. And that's okay. Cause he's phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, but you just still see those, see those moments where it's like, Oh, you're not used to operating in these tight spaces. Um, even as you're
2: scoring 25 plus. I remember asking Tommy Shepard something in one of the media sessions before last year's draft, when they were actually nice enough to let me ask him a question. And I asked something about like, um, not trading down and just sort of taking your guy. Cause that's what it seemed like he did with Rui and uh, you know, Then he sort of fell to them a little different, but like they wanted Rui. A lot of people had Rui in the twenties and they just didn't give a shit. They're like, he's here. We're going to get him. And he was like, Oh yeah, that's kind of like my move is I'm, you know, we don't care where other people project somebody. We care where we would project them. And so I I think that makes a lot of sense for having somebody like, if they like somebody like a Branham, they're not going to be shy about just taking him. But then immediately after telling me that he also then traded down to take Todd, who was also his guy. So I don't know. Maybe that's a little different uh from late first into the early second than, than it is, you know, in the lottery. But well, I mean, once, about. you're right. And once you see holidays, you
1: know, defensive shooting percentages, you know, that's the same the same metric they use. And again, it goes back to are we questioning our scales? Yeah. You know, they use that metric for uh, Al Neto. They use the metric for holiday. I don't know that in either case, I think uh, Neto at that price. Sure. But you just then you run up against it and you're like great you ran these eighty two with him and now what you don't have it you don't have a different plan so if Neto yeah, had been wonder, your
2: eleventh guy that's an absolute steal when you need to yeah. start him
1: it's a total dumpster fire when you yeah when it's Westbrook Beal Neto yeah. and there's just no one else that they that Scott Brooks would even put on the floor that that's our four it's just for Hoosiers he's just like no that's our team yeah well, my my
2: five are out there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh yeah, it's pretty rough. All right. Another couple of names here that um I've seen thrown around. Uh we talked about Matherin, talked about Daniels. Uh, okay, so let's get into Johnny Davis a little bit here. Measurements again came out right as we recorded this podcast. So we don't have maybe all of them, but uh Johnny Davis was six five and three quarters in shoes with a six uh looks like six eight-ish, six eight and a half ish wingspan. So reasonable two guard measurements, I would say, um, kind of nothing to be ashamed of there. I think that he's almost the same height as Matherin is, is kind of interesting. He looked smaller to me, so that that's actually probably, um, to his benefit, their, their physical profile is almost the same, although Matherin is probably, you know, considerably better athlete in my opinion. So, so where are you at on Johnny Aves? I'm
1: not a fan. Okay. Uh, and I love players that produce. It's just, again, when we're trying to project and I'm seeing a guy and you're right, they, it's, it's almost, I'm always, it's the surprise of measurement day and you're like, mm-hmm. ah. I wouldn't have been surprised if you would have told me math was six, seven plus. Right. Yeah. And you wouldn't be surprised if Davis came in six, four, four because, right. plus yeah. because yep. of how, because of their game. I think a lot of it's could be tied back to Davis, at Wisconsin, you know, having the injury later in the season, so you don't see him with his full I think that's pop lot, and bounce. A lot of that. Yep. So that's bare, and that's probably you know coloring what I'm saying as well. But when I see, it's really low efficiency, mm-hmm. uh, negative assist to turnover ratio, uh, poor shooting percentages from the two and the three, and all of his all of his tremendous rebounding numbers are defensive. So basically he's playing like a, a small forward mm-hmm. in college. And he's a six four six five small forward in college. Who needs and them that's, all a lot? That's great. And they're yeah, and they're they're a ton, and you can be one of the best players in your conference. And he was. It's just that what do those players become when they get to the to the league? Right. Is they're surrounded by six eight with six ten, and you have to be able to get your shot off. he, he does a lot of mid-range. It's That's when I, so I come back to, okay, all right, you're giving him the ball, but you're not getting a great percentage out of him. Mm -hmm. He's not shooting. Well, I try to find, you know, some comps that were instead of the, this is how good he can be like, what if, (laughs) what if something doesn't quite go right? Cause you know, I I think they've thrown out, uh, Kevin O'Connor's thrown out Devin Harris. Um, I've seen different, when I look back, I see, I see Jarrett Culver. Uh, I see a little book night and that he had to carry so much. Sure. And also those guys kind of went between six and 13, if I'm remembering. Mm-hmm. So I'm seeing like, okay, it's not, if he doesn't test out of, and he won't, I, we don't, no one expects him to test crazy. You're basically saying we can count on this six, five to get a shot off in the league, uh, get his mid range off without, without the distance to create space. So it's like if you try to see this Devin Booker to his game and you're like, yeah, but Devin Booker was shooting 40 plus uh, from in high school and yeah. college and every year since. Right. So I'm not a big fan of Davis because I think his limitations. And again, if we tie it back to the the Wizards nightmare, his Wizards nightmare for me would be uh, would be Jerome and just watching a guy just get swallowed up uh, in the, pretty much every, almost every time he wasn't taking like a, a catch and shoot step into a jump shot. You just wind up watching him get swallowed up uh, by the Clippers, by
2: any real team that focuses on length. Just take that away. I, I'm like slapping my own hand here because this is traditionally the kind of player I get suckered into. I was like very high on Jerome Robinson going into that draft. Uh, like I watched so much Boston College. I was so hyped. And obviously we know how that panned out. So I'm going to play a little bit devil's advocate here. And I don't know that I believe most of this, but but just to do it. um <laughs> got to do it best case scenario is like maybe a Marcus smart, right? Like similar size, so similar physical setup. He's not like a crazy athlete, but I think he is pretty strong. He's willing to like bang with guys a little bit and mix it up. Davis to me is actually like a really good passer and like an ambidextrous passer where like, he'll make like the zippy cross court left-handed pass. And you're like, Holy shit. Like there are very few people that can kind of do those things. And it just, seemed like everybody was like just not on his wavelength all year. Like he was too good for that team. And I think a lot of that led to like, all right, the things I'm doing to create for people, they're just not on my page. So I'm just going to like force something or I I create for a guy. And rather than just shoot it, he like kicks the ball back around the, like around the perimeter and you're like, okay, so I'm going to give him a little bit of a break because that team grossly overachieved because of him. And not to be like the real reward winning guy, but at a certain point, like you have to do a lot when you're the best player. And I didn't like that people like Ben Simmons were that good, but were on shit teams and didn't care. So uh, not that being good in college obviously translates directly to the NBA, but he's going to play hard defensively. I wouldn't mind a perimeter defender. So I don't hate that right out of the gate. I do think he can do a little bit more to create for others than like the assist numbers show in a vacuum shot. Doesn't look bad to me. Um, like I don't look at him and like cringe every time he shoots the ball, it got worse as the year went on and the sort of the leg injury got worse. So maybe that's part of that too. And also just like an entire defensive game plan being, you know, built around you. So if, if he were like a better NBA player than I personally expect, it wouldn't really surprise me. Cause I can like see, I can see caveats to why some of those things didn't work. Um, I, I don't know that like this, like blow by first step matters as much in the NBA anymore. There's the, you know, like it's different in college where you like, you have to get by somebody quick because then the big's going to rotate over from like two steps. Whereas in the NBA, you have space, you have lanes and, and just a little harder to do that. So I think that's maybe okay. So, if he can shoot it, I think he ends up being a pretty good NBA player, I guess is what I'm saying. And I don't know that he can or he will, but if he does, it's, it won't shock me if someone's like, oh, Johnny Davis is pretty good to me. He's like poor man's Jalen Suggs, um, which Jalen Suggs was poor man's Jalen Suggs this year. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that actually works out.
1: But. Well, all right. So if you're going to, all right, we're going to, this is the make John be nice to Johnny Davis. Uh, Cause they have the same name game. There you go. Uh, Maybe he can become Josh Hart.
2: Okay, yeah, maybe I he wouldn't can, hate
1: that. uh, because that's that's what I essentially I'm like Josh Hart is a six five small forward, sure, who is gonna go hard. Yep, uh, all the time he's gonna get some buckets. He's his shooting has trended up now. Creates a little um, bit for others, but not not his primary role. That's his third team. Yeah. Right. So that doesn't, it, th- those kind of things are when you're like, you're going to wind up hitting on those guys on your second or third team. Exactly. They're undersized for their position. They have the effort. So they're going to stick. Um, they can, they do have enough game to stay. And he does have um some scoring ability. And the rebounding is always going to be, always going to be welcome. And they're like, all right, well, you're counting on your six five small forward to help <laughs> you with rebounding. And we go back to the, Can we just have players that are at least the height Mm -hmm. of their positions, so we're not worried about that? So that's my plus: is he could he can wind up sticking if the shooting comes around. I think there's a little bit. um, What what the main thing that gets me with the shooting is that the hesitancy to take some shots. Yeah, agreed. Um, I don't mind if, and maybe that's something that'll just be drilled into him as he takes a thousand jumpers a day, but this is this or he's got a Greg
2: guard we don't play that way here it. at wisconsin kind of thing you know like right i wonder just about take some it.
1: Of that too. take him and as soon as you as soon as you hesitate that that yeah. that throws me off as much as it is he could be six three and i'd be like yeah. oh maybe he can help maybe he's a reserve eventually
2: but oh no he's it's, it's part of the why reason why i said like the smart comp is just yeah. like, somebody yeah. had to say like you can't make them but dude you have to take them for us like we don't even care if you shoot 25 um so I, I don't know we'll we'll see I, to me it's like he's probably a reasonable 10-year NBA player. I, I but I'm not maybe not the guy I would want personally at 10 with some of these other guys that are
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The left.
2: Uh, all right. A couple other names. Ty Ty Washington. I, I've been on record on this show saying I just kind of don't see it personally. He measured 6'3 and 3 quarters in shoes with a 6'8 wingspan, which is good for a guard. I'm just sort of not there. Uh, where where are you at? And can you maybe give a slightly rosier picture of him than, than I would for people listening to this?
1: I'm, I'm probably a little higher. He would, he's going to go back and forth between the, did we have to take him at 10? Could we have moved back? Um, because there isn't, because he's not the pure point guard. Mm-hmm. I actually probably lean a little rosier on him because of some of his shooting splits. Because he's because envisioning, envisioning some more spacing, mm-hmm. um, not counting on him. So basically, going against what what Wes and Tommy have said, which is the the pass first, feet in your feet in the paint point guard. I think he can actually do those things because, like you said, he's not. It's not about the blowback. It's the hesitation. It's using a screen. I think he can do all of those things. I think he was kind of off to the side for a lot at Kentucky. And he then looked much like, better oh, oh. without Sevier Wheeler in those couple yeah. games. Like, oh, wait, wait, we need now. We actually need to tighten up. Just give him the ball and run some screens for him. Mm-hmm. And like, what if, what if this was more the base of your offense and what, what could he have done mm-hmm. as opposed to like playing him off the ball? But maybe that also helped him because he wasn't worried about getting every else a shot. I think the floaters that he's, uh, he's able to shoot. I think his shooting has been good enough. I want to say 35 ish percent. We know he had that streak. Same thing. We, we saw the turned ankle. He missed some games. Uh, came back, wasn't as explosive, was t- clearly trying to play through stuff, just like Johnny Davis was. Mm-hmm. So that's when I go to Ty Ty and I'm like, you know what? I can see him being a very successful NBA player. Uh, I don't know that he's ever going to be your favorite player, but he could He definitely he's that solid. guy, when you put him in and you're like, oh, did he just get eight and a quarter and kind of <laughs> make it look easy? Yeah, I could see him doing that.
2: Yeah, be just, my,
1: That's my Rosie.
2: I'm I get funky when guy's shots look weird and he's got kind of like a two-hand push thing going on. Like there's something a little funky about it. I'm also not crazy about guys. Like, yes, it's nice that you can shoot floaters, but I hate when guys shoot them from 15 feet. Yeah. And, And he does like a lot of those kinds of things. Not that you can't iron those out completely, but I just remember talking to Troy Brown on this podcast about like hey, why do you shoot so many floaters? And he's like, well, cause I'm good at it. It's like, well, you don't really make them at a high clip. <laughs> he's like, yeah, coaches always tell me not to shoot floaters. I should like be bigger. And it's like, but I'm still working on my floater. So it's just, oh. you know, like when that's in your bag or you think it's in your bag, sometimes I think guys just kind of like resort to that a little too much. And and sure, I'm, I'm kind of, judging other people's you know the the sins of other people on him but so i don't know like i i think he'd be okay if we were again if we were 16 or 17 i wouldn't have any problem with it i just think there are better guys at 10.
1: Yeah, and we're he's probably topping out at least on this team early on as a reserve. You would. Hope. You, you don't really. You don't want him. You know. You can bring back Sato. You can make another move for a starting point guard. You can do both of those things, mm-hmm. and say Washington's going to come off the bench and yeah. just provide backcourt yeah. and and let West figure out again. If we move away from the rolls or the rolls, all right, he can spread the floor. He can attack. He can run a uh, pick and roll. You know, we only have so many of those guys, especially if if some of them get moved in the offseason. You've got really, you know, you don't do a lot of pick and roll with Sato um, because he's only going to give you so much. Uh, so you've got Brad and Ish and, okay, we need some more guys to create disadvantages. I think Washington could do that. It's a matter of what does it look like on the other end? Can he guard up a little bit? If he can, because I think he does have strength, uh, which is underrated for Davis, underrated for Washington. If he can, now we're talking. It could be a top eight player in the rotation as a rookie. Again, not putting too much on them because uh, because it's a swinging door. They come in, they go out yep. for points. Like the points are going to run back the other way. Don't. Mm-hmm.
2: But they're going to. He's going to look good. Can he eat shots. up some minutes and look solid? Yeah, and and maybe by the playoffs, if we get there, be impactful by that point.
1: I mean, what an idea! Let's give a shout out to the Memphis Grizzlies. We're just going to take Zaire Williams tenth. Yeah. We're going to play him all year. We're going to start him almost all year, mm-hmm. and, and then the playoffs get here, and it's he it looks like a it's, it's his end of his second year, right? And he's still making mistakes because he's still probably nineteen as 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 the draft goes is probably nineteen point seven years old or something. Yeah. Uh, not even twenty yet, and he's going to go into next year. Like what a, what a concept when I saw that, when I hear our, the the general manager saying, you know, they're just not, rookies just aren't really meant to get time. I think they are. I think it's meant to be structured Mm -hmm. learning opportunities uh, and just putting them to the side and, you know, not even playing them. It it felt like we have a, an old school GM with a surprisingly old school uh, coach, which shouldn't be too surprised given the lineage, but. And then we have all those assistants that were like G-league guys and everything. And like, all right, so maybe we come from a slightly different mindset when it comes to young players making huge or making impacts. I won't say huge, making impacts as as rookies. No, no, we're not. We're not really up for that. Okay. Well, Kispert kind of defied that and hopefully we'll knock down a little bit of a wall there. Push
2: back on that a little bit too. Only just Denny and Rui both started their first games in the NBA. Like they were day one starters. Denny played 24 minutes a game. I want to say, I don't have it in front of me, but like as a rookie Rui, even more than that. And, and I think that's even healthier doses of minutes than people like Zaire got this year. And, and the other thing I, and this is not directed at you, but like, I, I had this sort of back and forth with people on Twitter all week. Cause I had like an absolute like mental breakdown about people just saying player development is the Achilles heel of the wizards, which <laughs> then they talk about, like, we picked the wrong guy at number eight. It's like, that's not what player development is. Um, but anyway, that's a totally separate rant, I guess. Well, but- no,
1: you're, it's absolutely fair. Denny did get time. I would say he got time because Tommy gave Scott Brooks no other options. I mean, there there weren't a ton. Uh, we had
2: Troy, we had Bonga, sure. and the, the cupboard was pretty bare, right? Like it's not like we were fil- finding minutes for him on like a veteran team, which I think is more to your point, right? We're like yeah, a good team. Made it a priority to still develop him despite winning. Denny and Rui played more because they were on a shit team. I think so that that's yeah that's the difference there. But we didn't play Troy because that team had more expectations and he was really bad at the time. Like there's a certain point where, like as a coach, (laughs) if someone's really bad and they're not doing the things that you're asking of them in front of the team, you lose credibility. So that's sort of the thing I think people don't think about sometimes when they're like, oh, Troy, he should have, you know, they buried him on the bench. Well, maybe there's a reason for that too, right? Like just going back to the floater thing, the coaching staff was like, dude, knock this shit off You're six foot six, play like it. And then there's like wor- you know, workout videos of him shooting like hundreds of floaters in a row. Like, so if you just kind of don't do those things, they're not going to like reward you with minutes too. So I'm not saying that he did all the wrong things or whatever, but you saw some of that with Denny this past year, I think, where like, hey, the defense dropped and then he kind of disappeared from the rotation a little bit. It's like, you got to do something on the floor to justify minutes. Um, so
1: there's a, yeah, there's an old, there's a Roy Williams, Williamsism, which is give me a reason to put you on the floor. Mm-hmm. And he said, you can be, and they had a, uh, some graduate transfers a few years ago and they brought the the guy from College of Charleston or some, one of the South Carolina schools and big time scorer at that level. And, and then he wasn't scoring. And then the defense, you know, like he said, son, give me a reason to put you on the floor. <laughs> Just, you got to give me something, yeah. uh, or let me keep you on the floor, make, right. make some plays, even if it's, even if they're quiet plays, if they're the right rotations, um, yeah, completely agree that, uh, the Troy Brown, I always, I always cuts both ways. Cause I know that, he, he ached for a role and just tell me exactly where you want to fit. But if they're if they're also telling him things to work on and he's doing the opposite, right. then maybe we should have to question some of those quotes and the veracity of not really knowing
2: what he was supposed to, where I, he fit. They, they, I'm sure they wanted a role for him too, right? Like it's probably just a, hey, what do you do at this level? How do we find a role for you at a certain point? And I think when you miss, you miss. And, and Troy seemed like a really nice Dude and a good dude. So I'm sure it wasn't like an intentional, I'm defying what you tell me to do. He probably just didn't have the skill set to do what they needed from somebody to. Um, but to your point about like find find something, you know, to to justify your minutes. Like you're a rookie. We can live with you playing bad and playing through mistakes. And sometimes it's just nice to have young, energetic legs to eat up minutes during a long regular season. That that's what Zaire was, is what Jaden McDaniels was the year before. They were raw, but they were like, Hey, we're bouncy and athletic and we're young and we're just going to go out and be hyper. And in, at least that provides some value and some energy. <laughs> well, so, and, I, and I think for those teams too, shifted
1: some talent to the bench sure. so that when you're all of a sudden you've got an eight or nine when, because you're now, because if you bring bizarre off with, uh, with Brandon and, uh, I'm blanking now, but it, you know, you melton comes in if he's not starting kyle anderson people like that yeah then all if you can kind of it's what is my role i'm coming off the bench i'm just Mm -hmm. no stand in the corner and shoot and and we'll figure the rest out
2: (laughs) uh last one i want to talk about here tari eason he was six eight and she was seven two wingspan so sort of pterodactyl e uh where are you at on on tari
1: you know he's probably the the hardest one to nail down because is he just going to be all of a sudden see all this space and think oh wait and and he's had this upward trajectory of his shooting so you're like wait are you a bigger jay crowder or can you be that uh can you just can you be the forward that that, that eats other teams defensively that they just, they don't, you almost putting them, he, he could potentially play in that wing, Robert Williams. I'm going to be the secondary shot blocker, mm-hmm. or do you want me to, you know, he can, can he do all those things or are you going to get a hold of him? And you're like, well, <laughs> he can't really get the ball out of his hands once he gets it. Or, There's a reason you know, they
2: only played him at the five off the bench. You know, like I, I, yeah. I'm totally with you.
1: Uh, yeah. He, it's like, he confused can me. he stay again? We know he can do things to be on the floor and get on the floor do those work? Can we have enough around him that that gets it done? And is, and is that enough? Ultimately, can you get that in a free agent versus no, this is the guy we want to spend, spend that money on and say, and I think all the guys we're picking and we're selecting are going to have some view or in, on their intent, whether it comes to who's going to go, who's going to have, someone has to go out to bring a point guard in yeah. whether it's Kuzma, KCP ish, uh, Denny, Rui, they're all, all degrees of probably, probably not, but someone has to go out. And I think, you know, we're not, we didn't mention them yet, but I kind of see this one-to-one for Agbaji yeah. and KCP. And if you really mm-hmm. want to move, if you've got something on draft night or thereafter and you're like, no, KCP is kind of the gun we're going to have to move. Then there's a one-to-one there. There's lots of, uh, right? It looks, it looks so similar, but so I, hopefully that will create some, Clarity uh, for fans is we're paying attention saying, okay, well, if they're going to do this now, the glut is even worse at forward. And I think Tari Eason does that. Mm So if he's the better, if he's the better player and you say he can play, I can put it that way. I like the idea of the fit of him next to Porzingis. So if that, if we're putting eggs in that basket, which Tommy has with his,
2: his big swing, then I can see where that's someone you pair him with. He's another guy to me that is more four five than he is three, four. And I think that's where I've seen some people talk about like, he's our day one small forward. Cause he'll defend. And it's like, he didn't play, he didn't defend on the perimeter intentionally, you know, like I like primarily in college for a reason, he was unplayable at Cincinnati. Nobody mentions his, his tenure there. Uh, but, but that was not a dude that, looked ready for you know high d1 basketball yet so he's made great strides in one year could he make another big jump between now and next year absolutely but again like not to keep hammering home the same couple of guys but you've seen this like uh brandon clark grant williams kind of like mold guy of like the undersized four sometimes even five if we go really small who can slot next to our big center or like do different things in different lineups i, I think that's what he gives you he would Weak side shot block and um he would bang with people a little bit because I, I think he likes to be physical, which is a good thing. But to your point, like, you know, can can you play he, Denny, Rui, and Kuzma on, on the court together at the same time? Well, no, it's hard to play two of them, let alone four of them. So um, are, are we gonna get a minutes unless we kind of clear the glut out there? And again, I'm not saying draft solely for need, but At a certain point like they also have to make some sense with who your rest of your team is too unless you're going to move on some guys so that'll be interesting um all right last thing i want to do here real quick i won't take up your entire day with this stuff but we talked a little bit uh, about this and, and i want to make sure we do it if the wizards were to trade this pick for some like win now help and i mentioned the uh randy foy mike miller trade like what's the modern Equivalent of that, um, and you are the trade guru at Bulls Forever. So I figured if anybody could come up with some good um, good options for them, it would be you. What do you got?
1: Um, yeah, so I came up. with, I, I feel like the the Miller and Foy uh, is such. It hurts. It hurts my heart. Uh, but um, it. I I, I. I. The first reaction was I overshot, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that we can bring in this. Like, no, 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 we got to, we got to tamper this down there in rotation, but probably start uh, because those guys did start games, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, you're like, this is what we did. So uh, I put together the the most of, and we've seen historical reference of this as well. It's not a pure trade for 10, um, but the wizards are going to package 10 ish Smith and Vernon Carey Jr. To the Denver nuggets for Monte Morris and the 21 pick. I actually like that. I would do that. (laughs) Uh, The nuggets, the nuggets at, you know, subtract about 2.6 million in salary, which the difference in salaries draft slot is going to take up uh, a good bunch of that. There are versions of this that work uh, with Denny. If we were going to throw that in, Mm -hmm. there's definitely a version with, if we want to go real hardcore on rotation, it's Morris and Jamichael Green, who would have to opt in, opt into his player option for that to happen. But I could see how, and he's 31. So all of a when I when I went to that version, I was like, okay, this is a this is the trade down. This is not not unlike moving back and picking up Holiday, and getting the guy you wanted all along, the guy they would have taken at 22. Surely, um, they would have never taken a quality guard like Quentin Grimes and, and helped them and set them up. And Bones Highland, we wouldn't have taken him either. We wouldn't be in this bet anyway. Uh, but no, that's that's my that's my number one is Monty Morris. I think is the is the, he'll be, he'll make lower than the MLE this year that he's on still under contract for two more years, 26, maybe 27. Uh, West knows him. He's, he's the backup quarterback from another team who you're willing to give a shot, um, because you're not going to ask a ton of him uh, in terms of being out there with Coos and Brad and, and KP. But when you do his, his, uh, catch and shoot, threes have really improved, not the defensive kind of head of the snake that they're looking for, but you have to we have to give up something. Hey, beggars uh, can't the be sisters, choosers. There, yeah. I mean, you're going to have to play him with some other defenders. Brad's going to have to go and make all defense. Um, but that's my that's my. It's not trading the entirely, but we get 21 back, so we can still have some fun with 21. It, it gets much more exciting if we get to 21 and Blake Wesley's still there. Yeah. Um, there it's, there's a lot of good players in that range. I don't love them, but, but if Tommy, and that's what I get back to, if Tommy likes 15 players in this draft, then, and knowing how our boards have been over the
2: years, there's not a, it's not a huge gamble to say that one of them's going to be there at 21. Uh, yeah. I think you're hundred percent right. And, and to me, like 12 to 30 in this draft, there's not like a huge difference. I think I could make a case for. Almost any of them in some form, um, you know, I've, I've seen some people um, really hyping up like Daylan Terry recently yeah. and people like that. You know, he's a guy that if he goes back next year, he probably looks better. I think he's very raw, but he measured six, seven and a quarter today in shoes with a seven, one wingspan as a guy that can play some point guard. I mean, he in yeah. an actual condor. So. Maybe you sell yourself at, at that, like late in the first um, yep. Jalen Williams at a Santa Clara is like, I watch a ton of West coast college basketball because it's after my wife goes to bed. So I can just sit there and be a degenerate for like four hours. So WCC. I was like, who, who's this guy for Santa Clara? Uh, I'm sitting there. It's like the middle of December. I'm like, oh, this guy just scored 30 points, had four rebounds, four assists, two steals and two blocks and hit six threes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so like someone like that, I, I think is, and but and he's another one, he measured six, five and three quarters in shoes with a seven, two and a half wingspan. Um, and, you know, that's a dude that if, if you ended up at 22 and he's there, I think, is he really that much worse than taking, you know, eggbaji at 10 or something like that. Right. Um, I would argue that that's a much better value. So I actually like your trade. Um, I, I was kind of hoping I wouldn't because then I could <laughs> guess the Wizards ah. will definitely do this. Uh, I was looking at that too. Like, actually, had Denver as kind of a team, like, well, maybe they try to do something for like Barton and trade 10 for him. And just, I don't know, it seemed like sort of like um, a Randy Foy equivalent from like Randy Foy yeah. averaged 16 points on a bad team and then got noticeably worse here. Not that Denver's a bad team, but you know what I mean? Like, in a different aging,
1: role. No, aging scorer. No, yeah. he was definitely in the mix. I took him out because there's going to be a little too much salary. Valley. Exactly. But there was, there's that, there's Barton, there's Michael Green, there's more. I was like, all right, well, let's focus on point guard. The other one, oh no,
2: you go ahead. Which I, is I, your I, four and Miller? I, I didn't, I didn't like trade machine this out or anything, but I was looking at somebody like Indy. I think Kevin Pritchard was like a smarter GM than me maybe gets credit for. So those are the kind of guys I hope Tommy doesn't try to trade with. <laughs> and so I was like, we're going to end up with like TJ McConnell and TJ Warren coming off an injury or something like that. would That was what I could think of was like the best, Miller-Foy equivalency oh, of just like... That is,
1: oh, that's painfully good. Yeah, I should have had a painful quotient to it. This made, mine make too much sense. that No, was the yours one that is a trade I
2: actually like and have like a positive reaction to. This is like the other end of the spectrum of like what would be so underwhelming. Like we're going to trade for the idea of bubble TJ Warren after he missed it an entire season and he'll do nothing for us.
1: Not only that, but you've also built in this awesome like... The the hearing it secondhand over the summer. And you're like, wait, the war the wizards got the the pacers point guard. I'm like, all right, we got Malcolm Brogdon. <laughs> no. I hope they didn't give up too much. They're like, no, 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 not that one.
2: And well, and time like, also mentioned at the trade deadline, like there were some trades that didn't work out for them that they would re-explore over the summer. And it's like, well, he was definitely talking to Indy. It would be hilarious if who he was talking to Indy about was like TJ McConnell or something and not who we actually thought you know
1: what and if it's if it's ish and his you know expiring year for tj i feel like tj has at least two more years yeah. has two more years better defender seven. you know so questionable question i mean and and not not the biggest guy but a, you know a go-getter that we can get behind and the gym rat pick uh, you up prototype. 94
2: feet you know that kind oh, of thing
1: god I just want i want wings that can shoot yeah. i want guards that aren't on, that aren't just getting beat up and they're sort it's, a, it's a tall strong yeah. league that you know and, and I, you've made a really a lot of really good points about the strength of it whether it's johnny davis like he's his strength defensively but that's why he translates to defending forwards Tari Eason's strength is why he defends closer. And we're not really, we can't for certain say he's going to be able to be switchable laterally on the on the perimeter. Um, the other the deal that I didn't do because it was it got too big and it got too well, this doesn't feel sad enough because the foyer foyer miller were sad, was was the Jalen Stugs okay. was putting a putting 10. Um, uh, I know that uh, folks at the athletic uh Josh has connections. To uh, the Orlando area, and he brought mm. the Orlando on, and they mentioned that like you're not getting him for just ten, sure. you know, probably not getting him for ten and Kispert, but a ten and a Kispert, and or a ten and a and an asset and um, ish. Okay, well then that's that starts me I, I personally don't I'm, I'm including ish in a lot of these trades for salary reasons. I think he's the perfect third point guard Agreed. that you especially if you uh, you know bite the bullet and draft someone on the younger side that you expect to play for your NBA team meaningful minutes, not a Cassius Winston who just can't and and won't they just choose not to do that. Well I mean if you watch we understand. Um, but that I, I kind of see him as like that postgraduate, like yeah. you can get away with paying $5 million to your postgraduate. Who's going to have to play a lot of reserve minutes. Mm-hmm. He's a great, he's the guy you're throwing the grenade to on that second unit. Right. Um, but when, when things shift around, I'd prefer height. I'd prefer Sato as a reserve or even mm-hmm. again, spacing and those, uh, slotting. So if we can get the slot, if Sato is just going to be your six, six starting point guard, he's going to catch wow. and shoot. He's going to do that. It makes a lot of sense to have some more size behind it. You can get away with it, mm-hmm. but, um. So that's why I threw Suggs out there and I thought, you know what? This is a little bit too much of a, a former what number five pick last year.
2: It's too hopeful. And like yep. if Fultz made less money, that's <laughs> the kind of guy that I could see them trying to do something yep. for, you know, like he's a reclamation project. He's got ties to the area. Like I could already hear like the PR campaign around it now. Like, and and he's just sort of depressing enough that if he came here and was bad, it would, it wouldn't like, be like, oh yeah. Okay. That sounds about right. I mean, yeah, you mentioned watching, watching
1: players who have ugly shots and like, sometimes they go in and then you see someone struggling to shoot and knowing the mental and the physical and all the things, I don't know the young man, but I pull for him because of all the things he's been through. And I kind of feel like there's also hopefully a joy to coming back on the court when you kind of go through something, his was very physical and mental. Mm -hmm. I mentioned Quentin crimes earlier, who definitely went through the mental side of one and done. No, you're not. And then not only are you not, but maybe we don't want you here anymore mm-hmm. and you need to go. We need to make room for the next one and done. Mm-hmm. And he so, you know, a, a guy who's been through it. So you don't have to worry what's going to happen when adversity hits. Uh, so we'll kind of dive deeper into the, some of those guys as we get closer to the draft and to see, like, have they been tested? What are they going to look like on on a stage when they have tested? Because now you see crimes, and you're like, nothing's going to phase this dude. You know, he's already kind of been through the Rubicon, as they say, as a, as a young man. So hopefully we'll cross our fingers and, and 10 moves. I could see 10 moving for uh, the, everyone wants 13 and 15 for 10. I don't think you're getting that you could get 12 and 30. I think, or you could get 12 and 34. Would you do bases. it for the
2: Spurs picks? I think they're like 22 and 25 or 28 or something. I don't I don't have the they're lottery. At, uh, full, yeah, they're sure. at
1: 20 and 25. Yeah. That's probably a little too much. Yeah. Um, I would think you would need to get a rookie contract Asset back. Would Lonnie Which, Walker and
2: 20 and 25 do it for you? Uh, for ish? I think and, he might be restricted,
1: yeah. right? Because he should be in the same uh,
2: year as yeah, Troy. Yeah I, right. yeah, I
1: think you're right. So he should be restricted. So they they but they do have you know something. I would I would go, to, you know, if you, the better the player, if you're just gonna give me 20, drop down to 20 and take the guy that you're gonna take at 10. Um very tempting. I think it can thin out though, like just like you mentioned, you drop down there and you try to get. Um, the guard, or you know, the bigs. All of a sudden, there's a run, which we kind of still figuring out where Kessler's going to fall, mm-hmm. uh, where Coloco's going to fall, is uh, Kamigate going to move up? So, it, if you're looking for some reserve bigs, I think Daniel Terry you mentioned. I had him sliding. He slid up to Golden State at 28 uh, for me. So it's very tempting <laughs> to get another player. But if if you're looking at again rotations. Are you taking a? We're swinging for the fences, sure. Wesley, and like this could really be something, or do you slide down and say we know exactly what we're getting? Um, out of, or they're going to take Jovich if they if they slide down there? The do they just have to? Six, they just have six to.
2: eleven today with a seven foot wingspan. Um, so taller than I thought, but oh. the, the plus a quarter wingspan is a little depressing. Plus uh, a quarter, yeah. Jalen Dern, we didn't talk about, um, and Mark Williams, we didn't talk about just wanted to throw Mark Williams measurements out there today. He measured seven foot two in shoes with a seven, seven wingspan. Somebody is going to take this dude in lottery. I'm like thoroughly convinced of it because he's also a great athlete and, and Dern's an athlete. Like, so I don't see us taking a center in, in top 10. So if two of those guys move up, someone will move down. It makes me mildly optimistic. And then there's always that mover anyway. If Tari Eason or one of these guys has like a crazy combine, crazy workouts, could they be Patrick williams So I'm actually kind of good with, with 10 giving the Wizards an opportunity to get a really good player. And ideally, I wouldn't move unless everyone you really liked in that first group is gone. And the next guy you get, like you said, is... We would take him at twenty-two if he's, you know, he's likely to be there at twenty-two. We want him at ten. Then you trade down. That's kind of the only way I would do that. I think.
1: Yeah, and I I completely agree with the centers. I'm a little lower on Duran than than Williams just because I feel like even as a Blue Devil, um, measurements are helpful. But I kind of I yesterday I had Williams to the Knicks. Mm. I could also see. The Spurs, I haven't mocked him to either center to the Spurs recently, just because when you have picks at 20 and 25 and you think Kessler and or Coloco could be there, yeah. it's it's a little bit more of an NFL mentality of of what they want. But if you grab Mark Williams for the Spurs um or the, you know, or the Knicks going to be right after us, that's part of the reason I floated out that OKC just kind of hopping the Knicks because mm-hmm. they're gonna get they're going to, they're not taking, well, unless they get Chet, right. If if they get Chet and they see Chet as their pal of the future, pal Gasol of the future, then great. Uh, You don't need to, but if you don't uh, and you get, I I like the idea of being right in front of some teams that have clear needs that may not come off the board or Portland, Portland snags one. And you're like, great. Or the, or the, the Spurs grab one at nine. And you're like, great. If you want the other one, You have to talk to us. Maybe we don't have to move back so far. It's not really the stockpiling all the fourth rounders uh, like some of the local teams did, but it's definitely, uh, if you can, uh, this team needs more help um, than we know we're going to be up. And you, you know, you're going to be up against the cap. So let's plan, plan accordingly and get some of inexpensive players on four and five year contracts that we know are going to take some time, but if they can, Develop into a role player. Whether it's the end of this year, middle of next year, it's it's so there's so much there's so much value to it when you're planning for all extensive purposes to pay Bradley Beal. I'm 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 having trouble saying it. Bradley Beal the super max or the ten year thirty five percent max, right? The thirty five percent plus Porzingis plus potentially Kuzma uh, on a on an extension. You gotta you gotta
2: find more rookies. You have to find more guys on less expensive contracts if like Charlotte sees there's a run on centers and they need a big at thirteen and fifteen or wherever that they are. like would they give us somebody to jump from thirteen to ten or fifteen to ten? Like they could use another big. Would a Mark Williams, you know, keeping him in Carolina make some sense for a team like that? And could you pry like a book night or somebody away from them that they, you know, almost punted on last season, not that new coaching staff will necessarily do the same thing, but like, those are the kinds of things I would keep in mind. Can you get a two for one here to move down marginally? I think I would be more considerate of that, of like going from 10 to 20, unless you really, really like had the pot sweetened.
1: It'll be, yeah, it'll be interesting too. Cause a team like Charlotte doesn't have as much uh, JT Thor, we, we could have had him they preferred todd right. uh nick richards you think you probably could have got him instead of vernon Carey. although yeah, uh richards has the you know it's he's got the age and, and length sure. so i think book Knight would be interesting as a, the reserve but again you're kind of that that reserve spark plug mostly offense uh, but we've seen other guys be able to do that uh, even at a young age and then you get into their picks they've got 45 coming up so they don't have a ton um besides 13 and 15 so -hmm. who knows if they do something with one of those other picks i have a feeling they'll sit there um until that comes up but they don't have a lot of they're not doubling up in any of the the future drafts after this one because this this pick came through instead of going elsewhere so very i think it's very tempting it's oh can they pull the trigger Uh, on moving up those few spots because for a Duran who you know listening to the podcast in the past like only dunks with one hand like just doesn't do anything with his other hand but he's just so phenomenal athletically at that size He's a big boy yeah and they have zero plus defenders right right? so I think that's why Mark Williams I keep coming back to that although Mm -hmm. of course the shot that's forever ingrained in my eyes is Caleb Love and the three-pointer in the Killing final them. four yep. can't get out of here without mentioning that shot mm-hmm. and Mark Williams just looking at him like oh no and we've all seen that we've seen Stephen Adams in that uh at, at Pitt with Kemba over him we've seen we've seen some we've seen that shot you're gonna get exposed K-Man. at some point if you're that yeah, kind you're, of guy. you're not he's not out there to play that but uh but I was really impressed with his hands and again we talked a little bit about West Jr. and Uh, I I wish for him to have a center that has some more passing ability. KP does. Um, I don't know that that's about it, right? We, I hope we get maybe in the second round and Orlando Robinson can, can do that. There are good, decent passing Mm -hmm. centers that inexpensive that I could see them adding and saying, we're going to work you into the rotation. We're going to figure out how KP and Gaffer are going to be on the floor at the same time together at points. We're going to need someone else to play kind of that reserve, Isaiah Hartenstein or someone like that, where you're not throwing a bunch of money at it. But I kind of wish for that. Uh, And Mark Williams was kind of impressive in in limited opportunities and just making Good passes, fundamental. Just this is just a bounce pass. This is a bounce pass that hits someone in the hands, as opposed to the the shin. Uh, simple done right does a lot. You know, like yeah, it goes yeah. a long
2: way if you can do the little, little simple, easy things. Uh, like not every player can come in and do that. So I'm totally with you. Uh, John, this has been great. Thank you for sparing uh, this much time. I, I really do appreciate um, being able to like nerd out and do a deep dive here. So thank you. I'd love to have you back again this summer to get a little more into this too. And maybe we can talk free agency and stuff the next time if we're a little closer to, to that point in the summer. Uh, anything you have coming up that you've been working on or you're getting ready to write, or are you just saving yourself for the free agency madness and, and trade season and all that kind of good stuff?
1: You know, now we'll be, I'll start publishing some mock drafts. I've been referencing them. We'll start throwing those out for public consumption and see how people are moving it up and down the board. I did. The basically a pre pre lottery mock or the post lottery mock last night. No real reason to throw that out until after the measurements, and we can all hem and haul over half inches and quarter inches and shoes versus non shoes. And what brand of shoe does he wear? How big is the sole on it? Who's got the lift? I always, you know, that's an annual who's got the most lifts in his shoe, in his sneakers. Like, why did you come in? I don't know. There's always somebody
2: with 1.75, and you're like, what are you wearing? I don't know if this is still accurate, but it used to be a case where they had. You could get up to three quarters of an inch from the sole and you could wear up to a certain amount of pairs of socks. I don't remember what the number was, but they had like very strict, you know, like if you wear two pairs of socks, that's okay. Cause that's a normal thing a person would do on a basketball court, but you couldn't come in with like 14 pairs of socks on. So there were like actual, you know, restrictions to that, which (laughs) I I thought was amazing that they had to have it.
1: Well, and it's like, it's not like they're, they're measuring taller for the same reasons we are They They don't have the extra heel support. They don't have the, they're not wearing Dr. Shoals like uh, inserts for the, for the arch support to make it through a game of horse. No, you know, they're not, but they do somehow go upwards of an inch and a half to almost two inches in, in add on. And I understand why they, they measure them separately like that. Or, um, uh, but it is, it is always interesting because it, it's almost more interesting because it shows like, who's the most worried about it that you're going to do that uh sure. when when all these things and it's just a data point it's just mm-hmm. one data point if you're you if you play smaller like we've been talking about it shows if you're shorter and uh and your arms are shorter and you've had these problems and there's some of that on tape that's only going to get worse right. uh, that's when we that's when when for people listening like when you start kind of projecting that it's okay and now all the players are going to be taller longer quicker the, the shooting holes are much smaller. Can they still- It's a magnifier, be... right? Like you right. see all can those it, things. It's going to get worse yeah. before it gets better. Can they figure that out? That's where we pull in all these measurements. So yeah, no, thanks for having me, Matt. Uh, had a great time looking forward to the next one. And yeah, we'll start We'll start pumping out some mock drafts. We'll start pumping out some uh, potential trades now that Tommy's locked in and he's in his favorite place with all these other GMs and assistant GMs where you can uh, slap some backs and, and have sure. some laughs. And see, uh, he told the same four
2: jokes all night last night. I'm sure you could just uh, tell as he was like finger gunning and pew pew pewing at guys and winking them. And like, I'm like, okay, we we can tell you're already in cell mode. Um, I, I've been pushing Kevin Broom for this now that he's got some of the measurements for Yoda and stuff. Let's just yeah. do like a big mock draft extravaganza and power through the full first round live. I think that would be fun for everybody.
1: Yeah, I mean, why not? Uh, I'll, I'll just keep going. I'm plowing through the whole what 58. Because the forfeited fitted picks in the second round. Yeah. I plowed through it last night and just said, all right, let's sit here and and really bring in all the information that we can and just plow through. And, and it's gonna be a wild draft because like you said, there's I had about people say 1920, Tommy said 15. Uh, so I, I'm I'm in that range. And then you're just kind of like, uh-oh. Uh this is what we like, yeah. right? And then you get in once you get into the 40s or even the 50s, you're like, who could there's gonna be guys there that we didn't expect. Uh, there's going to be guys that go way early because I think this is going to be a year where there's some players where they know almost nothing
2: yep. about them compared to past years. I kind of like that. It keeps the mystery around a little bit. Uh, well, John, thank yeah. you again. This is great. I, I will do another 90 minutes here soon because I, I think um, we could definitely easily fill that time for everybody has been believe in wizards rate review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, we are presented by BetOnline.ag, and we will catch you soon.